Hey, it's Jed Hearn, host of Wizards, Warriors, and Words. If you're enjoying the writing advice on this show, you might like my new podcast, The Jed Hearn Show, where every week I share the best fantasy writing advice that I've learned from publishing three fantasy novels and a best-selling video game. There's over 12 episodes that you can listen to right away, including my top 10 fantasy books of all time, how to make fantasy names that don't suck, two rules that make writing effortless, and my complete summaries of Brandon Sanderson's and Neil Gaiman's writing classes, and much more. Check it out by searching for The Jed Hearn Show in your podcast app. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This episode of Wizards, Warriors, and Words is brought to you by our Patreon. Patreon is a way for you to help support the show for a small monthly donation. And in exchange for that, you can get rewards like editorial feedback on your own writing, free advanced reader copies of our books weeks or even months before they actually release, and a whole lot more. You can check out all those rewards and our Patreon by going to patreon.com forward slash wizards warriors words, and that link is also in the show notes. Once again, that's patreon.com forward slash wizards warriors words for a way to help support the show and also get some sweet rewards as thank you. And a quick shout out to our brand new Patreon, John Winkleman. John, thank you so much for helping support the show. Hello and welcome to Wizards, Warriors and Words, a fantasy writing advice podcast. My name's Jed Hearn, author of uh, Across the Broken Stars, and I'm joined by my co-host, starting with Mike. I'm Michael R. Fletcher, author of the Obsidian Path series. Uh, I'm Michael R. Fletcher, author of Beyond Redemption. I'm just Dirk Ashton, author of the Paternus Trilogy, though I only have two of them right here. Sorry. But they're the hardbacks, aren't they? They're so pretty. These are the new print laminate hardbacks that you can get on Amazon. What? They're really cool. Wait, hold on. Amazon is doing hardbacks? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, only, only in a beta. <laughs> only in a beta. Yeah, you are you allowed to say that, Dirk? It's not opened out for everybody. I am now that they're on sale. Oh, okay. Um, they're actually on sale now on um, on Amazon. They're really nice. If you like Sick. your books, sturdy, throw it in the backpack, pull it out. But I was talking about how long this one is compared to the first book. Yeah, Oof, that's War of Gods. It's about, yeah, like yeah. almost twice. And these are thin thick. because I had to pack really pretty small print inside. Still readable, what? but... <laughs> you need your glasses to read those ones. Spoiler! Yeah, whatever page that was. Um, hopefully people can't read that fast. And today's episode will Screenshot. be all about uh, endings. So 
how do you close out your books in a way that's satisfying and hopefully elevates the rest of it and has your readers throwing it across the room, but then rushing out immediately to buy your next book. Um, Kill all of your characters. Fantastic. That kill them all like the at, the end. at the end of every book in a trilogy kill all your characters and then bring <laughs> the them back to, to life <laughs> and then bring them back to life from the beginning of the next one i kind of do that a little bit in my, <laughs> in my trilogy Some a little that's that. like the whole thing about beyond redemption like literally all of his characters die at the end of each book i would say each book i mean spoilers yeah well you know well, it's been out so, 11 years. Uh, interestingly, so I just finished uh, writing a book recently, like recently enough I can actually still remember it, which yeah. is rare for me. Um, so this morning. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> and so I sent it off to my test readers. And one of the comments I got back uh, was that the ending was too satisfying. <laughs> okay. Uh, and what it meant was... Um, I think it wraps stuff up a little too nicely. Now, is they, this the they third wanted... book? Is this the third book in a trilogy? Where does this? This is, is the this? Uh, the second Obsidian Path book. This is a She Dreams in Blood of three of three. Second book of okay. three. Because um, that makes a difference. Yeah, and they wanted they wanted something with a little more like kick. And so, actually, I mean, I rewrote the fucking thing four times. And then in the end, I have the last rewrite was it was very good. I'm I'm really, really good at this. Uh, I had then cut the last two chapters. They are now the first two chapters of the next book. Ah. And it ends on this great note. And it's a cliffhanger because it's book two. Uh-huh. And it leaves you wanting more. And now I've I've got the first two chapters of my next book written already. So Ooh. slick. Nice. <laughs> Thank goodness you have extremely masochistic beta readers who don't want yeah. to be satisfied oh, yeah. by the endings of books. I know. And the one, um, like Carrie read it three or four times. Whoa. And then she reread like every single ending. Yeah, she's awesome. Nice. It's hard to find good readers like that. And yeah. I can't blame folks for for not wanting to read the same book again. It's you a know, huge I commitment. Really can't. Yeah, I'm but, always amazed when uh, I've, I've got a couple of readers who do that and it's just like, what yeah. do you mean you've read it more times than I have? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My yeah, book. That is, a, that is very impressive. I get, to, I get to the point where I've read a, one of my books like 10 times and I'm just like, oh God, I hate this thing. So, so Mike, are you saying basically that you don't have, I mean, you've written a number of trilogies now, right? Uh, I'm writing a number of trilogies. Yeah. Yes. So, um, do you have a particular way you like to end a book one, a book two, and a book three? Or not, you've not also really. written you've also written standalones like uh, like this, which oh, yeah, is also terrific. Tomorrow, um, and so I mean, is there a particular when do you know how you want to end it? And, well, I mean, I, and I when, know the and ending. How, what's that? Sorry, I, I know the I know how the, a book is going to end before right. I start writing it. Now but I don't how, plot the book, yeah, but I know how it's going to end. I I kind of know what the last scene is. Okay, that, that doesn't mean I know what like the last line is or exactly how it's going to look, you know. Okay. Because by the time I get there, like fuck, so much has changed. Um, but I yeah, know I, the last scene. Yeah, like I knew how the trilogy, the Paternus trilogy, was how it was or 
I knew what was going to happen at the end, but I wasn't sure how mm. it was going to happen until I got to it. And to be completely honest, I had no idea where I was going to end book one. Um, and I had no idea when I was going to end book two. Um, and part of it was, I, I kind of knew with book one, I kind of knew that I wanted to bring the episode, slow it down, have like crazy shit happening and then slow it down and lead to, and have them kind of embarking on the next adventure, whatever it might be. I knew that I wanted to do that and, and give base, one of the characters in particular some time to reflect on this because the entire first book happens in one day. Everything in, in book one happens in one day and completely turns this, these, these two young characters' lives completely upside down and changes everything they ever thought they knew. Um, about the world and and life and 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 myths and and all that, so I needed to I wanted to give him a chance to uh, to reflect. And then the next book, so the first book starts out, and it takes a while to get going, and then it just goes insane for a long time, and then it slows down a little bit. The second book is the opposite; it starts with action and then just gets more and more insane. But then the last third of the book basically is a much more slower thing. And that ends with a gut punch. And for people who have read it, they know the, the, the second book, they know, know what I'm talking about, but uh, I did not know when that book was going to end while I was writing it until I was about three fifths of the way through. Then I did one of my re-outlining things. And one was, this is just getting way too long. Um, cause there were, there are things that happen in book three now that I had planned to happen in book two. And it was only until I got real close to this particular gut punch scene that I realized this is where it needs to end. Plus it's getting about the length that I expected it to be. So I think it'd be a good idea to go back and reassess, maybe tweak some things here and there, and then outline the rest of this. And then that became the natural ending uh, for the book. But I really did not know, honestly, um, for many, many months of writing, because I'm a slow writer, uh, what, where, that, where that book was going to end. Rob, what about you? What are some of the things that you are trying to consider when it comes to endings, apart from just killing all of your characters? You know, I just have only done that once, twice? I don't know. Um, so... It, it depends entirely on what sort of book it is, where it fits within a, a series, whatever, you know, like the ending to a standalone is almost always going to be completely different, say the ending for a book one in a trilogy or a book two in a trilogy or a book, well, maybe a book three. So I, I try to, if, if I'm writing a standalone, I try to have a bit of a wrap up at the end. You know, you'll have this, the, the pacing ramps up, as the the finale sort of progresses and then the finale happens with this sort of like big whatever and then slow it right down and have a chapter or two of of wrap up because one of the things that i i always like to have in my books is this idea this sense that the world continues after the book like just because the book ends doesn't mean the world is gone it is a living world things are going to keep happening in it um and 
so I like to, to sort of like, I mean, I, I try to establish that throughout the book anyway, but have the wrap up this, this idea that other things are still going on. Um, not necessarily leaving it as a cliffhanger for a sequel, just, just things are still happening in the world. Um, if I'm finishing the first book in a, in a series, I try to, I try to end it in a way that I still have a bit of a wrap up where things slow down maybe, um, but also a hook as to where it's going to be going from there. Um, you know, in, in say, uh, Along the Razor's Edge, um, it all leads up to this finale where eventually Eska and her companions, spoiler alert, they escape the pit. And that's basically where I end it with this whole, they have escaped the pit, the world is before them. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, it's a hook of, okay, where do they go now? Yeah. You know, th- there's, there's no sense to what, where they're going to go, what they're going to do. They are, they may have escaped, but they're still absolutely fucked. Where does it go from here? Yeah. yeah. I love, I love, um, I love books like that where a, a new world is opened to the end. Yeah. Whoa. Mm. So I it have just, to pick up the next one. That's the idea. Happens, it right? makes you go, wow, yeah. now what's going to happen? Now the whole world is is in front of them. Uh, you know, I have to, to read book two. Um, yeah, Graham is going to kill me because I can't. The book that Graham Austin King wrote where they're. Faithless. Faithless um, has an ending like that. Right. Where they. Yeah. Get yeah, out. yeah. I mean, they're under, they're underground this whole time, and they, and they get. It's a completely different scenario than what, what your book is, but it is, and it is. They have that same, same thing. They're ending, out yeah. into the open world, and now what? Right. Yeah. And that's where the first book ends, which, which I love. But, I mean, I love that kind of thing. I think, I think that's what you, you, you sort of need at the end of a, of a book one. You need a hook, um, but it has to happen after sort of like. A finale. You want you want yes. the book to end. You want to have an ending for the book, but yeah. then you also want this sense of this is where it opens out. This is the conflict's going to get bigger. Mm-hmm. You want to keep going. Um, there, um, I feel so you can. At the end of my book one, there were certain things that I wanted to left. There were certain things that I felt really had to be explained in that book, uh, and certain things I wanted to leave unexplained. And I also wanted that kind of reflection breathing uh room for moving on to the next while 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 in keeping this tension right now there's the overall story tension but i have something happens with one of the characters and we don't know how that's going to turn out and i don't resolve that at the end of, of the book one it's not until book two that you find out really what happens um so yeah it's a lot of things to juggle um you want you don't want people, you don't want to not give people enough information about the world and the story to be so frustrated. They don't, they, they don't want to continue out of spite. And I've read books where I've just stopped for that reason, right? Um, uh, Sothers just an asshole. I, I don't want to read this anymore. They did this on purpose, um, which is, says a lot more about me than them, of course. Um, but uh, and that, but also giving them enough so that they want to know what's going to happen without it being too much of just a straight on. They fell off, they tripped and falls over the cliff's edge, and it stopped. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
which Rob, <clears throat> you have also written that kind of ending as well. <laughs> and it works very good in- They do. Cliffhangers work for me a lot of times. They really well, I, they, they can. I feel they, <laughs> that's the point I was going to come on to next, actually. Book twos, I feel you can take a lot more liberty with- Absolutely. Um, and like yeah uh you can definitely end on a cliffhanger i again with the war eternal trilogy uh book two lessons never learned yeah getting all the names in there um i i ended that on a cliffhanger in the sense of i ended it mid-conversation yes um, <laughs> i love that literally That's like favorite book of yours and yeah it's literally like <laughs> okay you're gonna finally get the all the answers that you want about this world about these characters about the plot um, except the only thing is I'm only going to give you the first sentence in that and then you've got to read the next book if you want it and it's like exactly it with, it well let me tell you boy yeah well it, it literally end. ends it ends on it, it's mid-conversation but it ends on a on, on a hook where it's just like the 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 big bad guy of the piece this, this is a spoiler but you'll forgive me uh, the big bad guy of the piece literally says like um chosen ones aren't chosen they're made basically yeah oh, um yeah and uh and that's it <clears throat> that's mid-conversation <laughs> it ends there and then you have to pick up book three to find out what the hell he's actually talking about yeah cool or um, in the case of that book i believe it had the sample of the first chapter from book three immediately did, after yeah. that and it's like the first time like i very rarely read the samples of the next book because i'm like i'll just wait until i'm reading the next book but with that one i was like i can't even be bothered to like download the next book i just want to immediately get into the exposition from this oh man i, I debated it so hard whether it's not it you know i leave it on a cliffhanger should i then come like yeah finish the cliffhanger in the, in the bit for the next or should i just take that bit out no it was good it was a good decision i think because it immediately had me you know reading that first chapter and then i was like well i got, got to read the, the next book from this stage so i did yeah. i did put um i did put the first chapter of book two at the end of book one but I didn't put the first chapter of book three at the end of book two. Interesting. Um, By that point, you can assume you've already got the reader. They're going to get book three. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, one of the, the things that I was writing down before is this sense of, particularly with a book one in the series, that to use a sporting analogy, it's like we've won this particular game but we still have the rest of the season to play or now we're into the finals, you know, like, so there's an awareness that you've achieved some sort of minor victory, hopefully the characters and they have wrapped up one particular set of conflict or arcs within themselves or whatever. But yeah, there's that sense that there's like a whole bunch of different and bigger and more challenging things to explore in subsequent books. And um, particularly for book ones in like a trilogy or in a series, I think it is for me, at least I, I do like to have a sense of, conclusion and a complete story for those book ones just to prove to readers that you actually have the ability to wrap up something in a satisfying way because if i'm reading a book one and it sort of ends on a cliffhanger even if it's a really good book in the back of my mind i'm going to be like does this author actually have the ability to conclude a story in a satisfying way that i enjoy and they might but it's gonna always be something that's sort of bothering me in the back of my head if that's not proven in the first book particularly if it's like a really massive long series. Um, mm -hmm. So it's worthwhile just considering like, you know, are you showing readers that you're capable of some somewhat satisfying endings um, such that they are going to trust you enough that when book two does end with a cliffhanger, they'll know that hopefully book three or further books down the line will actually wrap it up in a, in a way that is satisfying. Um, yeah, that's something that's... to me that's, that's quite important. Yeah, most most 
series, epic fantasy <clears throat> series. Um, tell each 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 book tells a story, right? And they have a fairly satisfying ending, and then have to go off. Maybe in a ten book series, there might be one that has a cliffhanger of sorts or something. Um, uh, I know that Michael J. Sullivan did that in his precursor series or previous series. Um, but uh, in, 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 I think the second to last book, but most of them, it's like, you need to, I mean, people are like really about, you need to have this. Some of my beta readers told me that um, in, when I did book, book one and, and several more when I did book two is it needs to have be, this is great, but it needs to be more this, this traditional structure. You know what I'm talking about? Like a complete arc. Beginning, middle, end. That, yeah, a complete arc, one big one mission uh, maybe that gets accomplished that helps build to the next one. Uh, one battle gets won or lost, something. Um, and I decided early on that I really kind of wasn't going to do that. Mine was basically going to be, um, and I realized that uh, it's much more Tolkien-esque, right? Or even Game of, Game of Thrones is kind of like that too. Yeah. Those books, those books just kind of, they go on and then something happens that's interesting at the end or we learn something new, but it isn't, you know, it's not this, uh, you know, holistic story. Um, and Lord of the Rings is kind of like that too. And originally he wrote it as just one book, right? And they, his publisher made him split it up into three. So I, I think I just naturally organically structured it so that it didn't follow that particular kind of, it's really just like one big long, one big long book, even though I tried to end with something satisfying of some sort. Uh, a growth in the character or uh, um, something, something that, that helped propel the next story or the next part of the story for people knew that there's still so much more to do, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know to, to be honest, I feel like if, if you're writing a trilogy, um, the, the best sort of, not, not quite template, but the best examples of how to how to structure the ends of each book within the trilogy, watch the original Star Wars. Yes. And perfect. Yeah. Because it's like yeah. episode four, New Hope, it's it it ends. And that's that's the story, sort of like, okay, that's that's the arc. That's all of the characters. It's a all of the arcs, satisfying story they within destroyed itself. Destroy the Death Star and they're they're, they're happy. Um, then you have book two, which ends on this just like cliffhanger of it's amazing um you know like the, the the bad guys kind of win and yeah. and one of the main characters is kind of like what the hell's happening with him and then the other characters are like we have to go and rescue him and it's just this brilliant cliffhanger of you need to move on to the next one mm -hmm. um yeah. and then the third one is obviously it's 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 wrapped wraps up everything pretty much and you get uh, a lovely conclusion to all of the characters that you've been following from the beginning. Yeah. So, and I really yeah, like it's, the... it's always safer. It's always safest if you're going to do a cliffhanger is to do it at the end of book two instead of book one, I yeah. think. And then wrap things up at the end of book three. Unless you're Joe Abercrombie, then you end your trilogy 
with a cliffhanger. <laughs> I mean that 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 oh, whole trilogy man. is it's there to basically um fuck with you. Yeah, to, to throw yeah. dirt in the eye of fantasy. And I love it. Yeah. Conventional yeah, structures. And I love it. Jerry Abercrombie can deface fantasy as much as he likes. It's uh, so yeah. damn good. Yeah, that that ending is uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, because like I knew people talked about how the ending is like a cliffhanger, and yeah, I was of course like, we're talking about the Joe Abercrombie's this? first Law trilogy. Yes, the uh, the last argument itself of before they are hanged and the last argument. Yeah. but when I actually read it, I was like, "Oh, you evil genius! This you is bastard!" So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a perfect ending. I think I felt that it's, way. It's not a cliffhanger, the... though. Like the the ending of book no, three. I mean, it does it amazing, but the ending of book three isn't a cliffhanger. It's a fuck you. Uh-huh. Correct. Yeah. yeah, it's worse yeah. than a cliffhanger. It's uh, it's like uh, yeah. you get the character on the cliff, and then you're like, "Yeah, I'm gonna gonna throw them off, and I'm gonna make you watch." And, uh, but it's genius. I think it is. I think it's you get the yeah. character at the oh, end yeah. of the cliff, and the character just goes ah, and walks off. <laughs> yeah, it's like so you, you know, it's like George. Yeah. It's like George Martin ending the first book with our main character getting his head chopped off. It's like Spoilers. what? You can't do that. Yeah, but he That's did. A hell of a way to end. The and book, I, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm afraid. I'm sorry if you haven't seen nah, the TV show or read the books, and I spoiled that for you. I'm not sorry. It's almost like, <laughs> isn't it almost like 20 years old or something? The book? Mm-hmm. Like oh, yeah. The book coming out in the 90s. Also, yeah, I mean, it, it's Sean Bean, so like yeah, you exactly. know he's going to die. He's gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, yeah, totally agree. Those are, those are two great examples of endings that uh, could, in so other Bert, author's hands, be dissatisfying. The... Yeah. But because of the work that the author does into establishing the tone and the kind of all the ways that they break convention throughout the book when you get to those endings it is it's not like a oh i'm disappointed it's like a oh my gosh like i'm so impressed this is so great like i can't believe that they have the goal to do this yeah yeah it's it, they're, they're good examples of if you've done it right you can break the rules yes mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah. um before we wrap this one up do we have any other quick points or are we all good mike you haven't no, you've been I'm, kind of quiet over there uh yeah no i was i was just thinking about uh so she dreams in blood you know the one i've recently finished mm-hmm. she dreams in blood is a god and then my first draft she didn't appear in the book <laughs> oh. and i was like oh you stupid fucker <laughs> like way to set that up <laughs> dumbass <laughs> Is that why you, I remember you saying like you you were thinking of renaming the second book? Is that why? Yes, <laughs> he was going to call it. She doesn't either. dream in blood. Yeah, nobody dreams in blood. She dreams in blood <laughs> in the next book. Yeah, it's such and an awesome title as well. That was like, and, and so that's no. that's why I just totally rewrote the ending the first time was because okay. um you know Felix had already done the artwork and the title was on there and I was like I really like that title. Hmm. So just insert uh, like a little a little uh, postscript scene at the end where the main character wakes up and they're like, "Oh, I had a really bad dream." Uh, you had a bad I'm dream. Talking, like, what were you dreaming about? I don't know. I pile was of chapters. <laughs> cool. Mm. Yeah. People so like, I finally understand what a dissatisfying ending is. Fletcher yes. really is a grimdark yeah. postmodern author. He really. Well, to be honest, he's he's already done it once with his Manifest Illusion trilogy by not ending it. <laughs> the trilogy can be whatever it wants. Then whatever it's a trilogy you want, of two reason. books. Hmm. Uh, 
It's a trueology. Like the uh, the Obsidian Path Center. trilogy is probably going to be a trilogy of six books. Nice. Nice. Cool. That'll be a good marketing slogan, like a trilogy in six books. So you're getting mm -hmm. double what you pay yeah. for. Yeah. To be honest, you can do it. I, I've done it with The War Eternal. It's, uh, yeah. it's a trilogy. And then at the end of the trilogy, there's a little orphan note saying, there's two more books coming. <laughs> <laughs> Have you written any of those yet? No. I've written the prologue for uh, the fourth book, uh, Sins of the Mother. Um, and that's as far as I've got, because I've been writing other things. I'm very sorry. It is coming. Yeah, you should be, Rob. That was a great series. I'm very excited to see what Esker gets up to next. But I'm also excited to read your other Nothing stuff, so good. It's all good. Nothing good. <laughs> oh, what do you mean? With a, with a cheery title like Sins of the Mother, it should be just a, a really rollicking, good, fun time, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, good time to wrap up this episode. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for watching slash listening. And we will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Ta and as we end this episode, thank you to our special high-tier Patreon, Daniel Henderson. Cheers for listening. Let me know your favorite moment from this episode by tweeting me at Jed Hearn. That's J-E-D-H-E-R-N-E. -E. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll be back next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.